Finally, the hall was ready. And on the morning of the day when the great feast of peace was due to take place, the great double doors of that hall swung open. And who walked in? Evnissien. He looked around. He was deeply impressed. He'd never seen anywhere so big. He'd never seen anywhere so beautiful. These pillars that held up the ceiling were bigger than any tree that he had ever seen, and the ceiling was so high it seemed higher than the sky itself. He looked around, and there were still a few workmen finishing off inside this place, and already people were preparing for the feast that would take place that night, getting the fire ready and preparing food. He looked around. There was one thing he did not understand, though. In each and every one of these 100 pillars that stretched all the way up to the ceiling, just above head height, there was a wooden peg. And from each peg, two lengths of rope. And from each length of rope, a sack, a large sack full of something. He walked over to one of these sacks and he gave it a prod and a poke. He did not know what it was. There was a servant nearby and he said... What's in the bag, friend? And the servant replied, Oh, uh, just flour, friend. The servant went on his way, and Evnissian, he had a good feel of this bag, and he could feel a man inside. There was his legs, here was his body. His body was wearing armour. He had a sword by his side. He felt upwards until his hands were holding the man's head through the cloth of the sack. And as he felt through that cloth, he could feel that this man was wearing a helmet. In this sack was a soldier. If there was a soldier in this sack, there would be a soldier in the next sack. And if there was a soldier in that sack, then there was a soldier in every single one of these 200 sacks. This was no feast of peace. This was an ambush. His anger grew inside him, stronger and stronger, hotter and hotter. And as his anger increased, so his grip on the man's head inside the sack tightened and tightened and tightened until he heard the metal of the helmet crack, until he heard the bone of the skull crack, and his thumbs sunk deep into the man's brain and he was dead. He moved to the next sack. A servant passed by and he said, What's in the bag, friend? Oh, uh, just flour, friend. And again he took hold of the man's head and he squeezed the second man's head and killed him in the same way that he'd killed the first. And then he went from sack to sack to sack until eventually he killed the last man of all. And when he'd done that, he walked out of that place singing. My sow mouth of loud and a cudden horn Pied at eight Camp where revel where a salt where heb of Pied at Lachar ei harfau a charar neu golwg Paid a deud Yn y tywyllwch mae gwaed yn 
So that night there was a feast of peace. There was no ambush. Instead, there was drinking, feasting, singing, joy. And the most important person in this great feast was the youngest, Gwern. Gwern, only about four or five years old at this stage, the young king, king of Ireland. And the Welsh made a huge fuss of him because they hadn't seen him until that very day. And he'd talked to all of them except one, Evnissian. And Evnissian said to his half-brother, Bendy Gaedvran, Why does the young Irish king not come and talk to me? And Bendy Gaedvran said, Gwern, come, come and talk to your uncle. And Gwern approached Evnissian. Evnissian bent down, as if to whisper in the boy's ear. But as he bent down, he said to himself, I will do something in this hall the like of which no one here has ever seen. And in a flash, he grabbed hold of the boy, he picked him up by his ankles, he whirled him over his head and threw him straight into the fire. When Branwen saw her son dying in the flames, she tried to jump into the fire to join him, but Bendy Gaedvran grabbed hold of his shield and kept his sister safe between his body and the shield as... fell to the ground. Blood spilled over the floor. But what did the Irish do? They put their dead bodies into the cauldron. They put their dead bodies into the cauldron and lit a fire underneath. And before long, those dead bodies were alive again. They crawled out of the cauldron, whirling their weapons above their head, ready to fight as strong as ever before. He realised he'd made a terrible mistake. They would all be killed. These Irish soldiers would just not stay dead. He had a plan, though. He dropped his sword. He lay on the ground. He waited as the whirl and terror and screaming of battle moved around him. He waited until he was picked up by the Irish. Believing him to be one of theirs, they put him in the cauldron too, and there he waited in the dark and in the heat, until he was covered with corpses, and then he started to push. He started to push in the heat of that cauldron against its iron sides. He pushed and he pushed, he pushed until there was an almighty crack and the great cauldron split and all the bodies fell down onto the floor, all still dead. Evnissian, in their midst, dead, his heart burst with the effort. And then the tide of the battle turned, and it was the Welsh who were victorious. But those who survived, none of them would use the word victory. All the Irish were dead. And on the Welsh side, Bendigaidvran had survived, Branwen had survived, and there were seven other men on their feet. But Bendigaidran had been stabbed in his foot with a poisoned spear and the poison was working its way through his body and he knew that soon he would be dead. And he said to the seven survivors, take the biggest, sharpest sword you have and cut off my head. They searched around, they found the sword they needed. They swung it through the air. They cut off their king's head. The body fell lifeless to one side. The head rolled to the other 
It rolled upright. And they saw the eyes looking at them. The eyes blinked. The mouth spoke. Time to go home. The seven survivors picked up the head and they carried it eastwards towards the coast. Branwen followed and the seven survivors, the head and Branwen, they got into the ship. They turned and they set sail. They set sail eastwards for Wales and the wind blew them towards Anglesey so that they landed not far from Aberfrau where Branwen had been married. <laughs> 